AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. Today, my guest is Gary Chataway, a recovery advocate from London, England, whose work can be found on his website, thehumanglitch.com, as well as his YouTube channel, Gary Chataway. Gary is the author of The Human Glitch, a short book that briefly describes his experience with alcohol addiction. And he's currently working on a new book that will delve deeper into how he overcame alcohol cravings and how it can help kickstart one's recovery. This has become his great passion as of late, and it's nice to have him here today. Welcome to AA Beyond Belief, Gary. Hey, how you doing, John? John, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, just one quick one before we do go ahead. Um, your interview I heard the other day, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts all year round. So I, in nature of my job, I'm always traveling. And you're one with Ray Baker, um, one of the best podcasts I've heard this year so far. I know it wasn't from this year, but um, thank you. He, he's, um, he was brilliant. And his definition of addiction was just so smooth as well. Yeah, he was, he's great. He's really good. Uh, I've been really lucky. I've been able to talk to some um, experts in addiction and some authors since I've been doing this podcast. I never would have had that opportunity before, but he is really good. And he gives some really excellent talks as well. There's some talks uh, of his that, that he gave that are also posted on our website. So thank you. I'm glad that you listened to that. And- yeah, I've actually, I've actually taken notes. I've got to go back and re-listen to a few little bits. And also his stuff about the secular approach was um, it's the way forward, I think, you know. But yeah. I um, think it yeah, absolutely thanks is. Thanks for having me back, John. Well, uh, I always like to start at the beginning. I think it's a good place to begin. <laughs> so can you, uh, can you give, why, why don't you go into a little bit about, about your background, about how you grew up, what your family life was like, um, when you started having problems with drinking and how those impacted your life? Uh, just kind of go through that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Well, um, it was all just a pretty, I mean, I'm nothing out of the ordinary in any case whatsoever. Um, normal loving family. Um, I've got, I didn't have got no, what I thought I've got no mental issues, mental health issues. And, um, and it was, as I say, loving background. And, um, for some reason, I'm just, I just seem to have this, um, it was after I, like, I just enjoy the experience of drinking and, and taking drugs, I suppose. And it's just something that, um, ever since my first drink, I can remember having my first drink and that was mind blowing. Um, just that that warm blanket of euphoria that washed through me. I, I was only about thirteen, and it's just stayed with me ever since, really. And um, progressed through the years, and it was the normal stuff: the, the Christmas drinking, the birthday drinking, the being on holiday drinking. The you know, and it just progressed. And I ended up I was a rock, I was a musician playing in bands, touring England and that, and so I was surrounded with it with alcohol and drugs as well. But mainly, it was really, um, mainly alcohol is the one for me. And it just progressed from there uh, until pretty much near a total annihilation at one point a few years ago. But, um, I mean, that was pretty bad. And I got to the point where I was, I was easily take, doing I mean, I was up to, what, a bottle and a half of vodka a day. And um, and people, and we say that, and people are like, oh, my God, how did you get to that point? But... It was such a slow process that I didn't even see the changes until right at the end where it exploded. 
and um, yeah, all hell broke loose for a couple of years. Really, it was full yeah. on. No, I can re- I can relate to that. That seems to be how I I started off young in life um, around the time that you did, and it's the same thing. It was kind of a gradual progression, and it was like the last five years. It just really it really ran my life, you know, and I, um, at that point, I think in the back of my head, I realized I was having problems, but I just kept pushing it away. So this can't be possible. Can't be possible until I was forced. My hand was forced. I was basically locked up for a little bit. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah, I heard one the other podcast actually saying about. It. Yeah, once once they start um, putting you behind bars, it's like uh, maybe maybe there's a something I need to look at here. <laughs> yeah, Robert Downey Jr. He's got that quote, and he says about well, um, he don't drink anymore because he keeps breaking out in handcuffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did you first start, start seeking help? Um, funny enough, it was my um, my fiance who first ever said to me, "We was we was here one night and where I live now," and she just said, "You do know you're an alcoholic." And I never even, it didn't even enter my mind before. And it's all truth, it, would have, it was a good few years after them before even I really settled down into that, that, that realising that, oh my God, something really is terribly wrong. Um, but from, and then even though you like, maybe you are starting to fight back from there, from there it was still hell on earth to unpick all the, um, all the damage that you, what you do, you know I mean? It was full on. And um, and to tell the truth, in the end, I was getting desperate really in the end because uh, I was just having mental breakdown. Not sorry, not mental breakdown. I'll just break. I'll just come home and just cry my eyes out, and I just didn't know what was going on really. And um, and it get and it, when it gets to the point where you're dreaming about alcohol and then you're waking up craving, like totally infested with a craving of it. Um, and and so yeah, it was just it was just it was just rough really for a little while. It's really rough. And uh, what did you enter a treatment center? How did you? Um... Okay, interesting. This is where it gets interesting. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I didn't. I don't know what it is, but I can't stand the thought of going to a, a treatment center. I don't know why it was never on the radar. Um, I've heard. I don't know a lot about them. I've heard horror stories about the the expense that families put into it, like life savings, and don't always necessarily get the results from that. Um, my first port of call was AA, funny enough, and that was just from a chance meeting. I was, I, I live in London, as you were saying, I was working in Bethnal Green, and I was doing a job for this gentleman, and he had the serenity prayer um, above on one of his walls, and I just said to him, I recognise that. It turned out he was one of the, um, he's one of the main people, one of the chapters in Bethnal Green. He took me to their meeting. Um, this was at a time when I couldn't even, I couldn't. I wasn't. I couldn't walk around with cards or money on me neither because I just. I could. I would have just spent it. So anyway, it took me to meet him, and the people in there were fantastic. Straight away, I was swamped with phone numbers, and and it was odd being there anyway. And it was. And no matter what I done at that point in my life, it was everything was odd anyway. But I left there knowing something wasn't just didn't really fit there for me in that meet. And I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, this whole thing about God we can talk about later, but it wasn't anything to do with that. I didn't really feel it was still, there were people great, but it wasn't, something wasn't right. And so I left there and I stumbled around for a little while longer. And then near where I live now, Montford, I come to a few um, AA meetings around here and they were even worse. I, I, I left there really sad, um, got a drink, but I was sad because I felt like that was my one 
thing that I knew about of getting out of it. And I knew deep down it wasn't going to work. My, the worst it got, not the worst it got, it's the wrong thing to say. One of the last meetings I went to, they wait for people to get up and stand and, and talk. And I wasn't in any state that I couldn't even barely speak as it was. And they were waiting for me to get up and speak and I wasn't prepared to do it. And that was it for me, really. I, they, I was, I was done then with it all. And, um, and I left there really. And, uh, it, for the next few weeks, it was really bad. Cause as I said, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what other avenues I was going to turn. And, um, then I just got lucky really. Um, I just had a stroke of luck. And so, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it, it was just, it's emotional roller coaster. It was, it was intense. So, yeah. No, I didn't go to treatment either. I was 25 years old. I didn't have, um, you know, serious physical withdrawals. I didn't need to be medically detoxed or anything like that. Um, so for me, it was, um, I had a lot, it was difficult to not drink, you know, but I, I did for me, I went to AA at the time, um, was, which is all that there was around here, you know? Um, and that's been like, that was like 32 years ago. So I've, I've been, I've been around for a little while and have seen, have, have, have evolved a lot from where I started. Mm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, it's strange, but as I was saying to you earlier on before we, we started recording though, the, this whole secular movement thing, I mean, from what that, um, Dr. Ray Baker was saying about it, that's really gaining ground now. And I think for AA purposes, I mean, there was always that little bit in my mind anyway, cause I'm not really into religion or anything. And, as an outsider looking in, I'm continually amazed about how much time and energy is wasted on that one subject. I mean, couldn't you put your, or couldn't everyone put their efforts into like the actual recovery instead of worrying about the, the God thing. Um, um, and, but I get it. I mean, I've done a little bit of research into the background and when it was formed and, and funny, um, they, that, um, Ray Barker was saying, was it Baker? So he was saying about a book he read about, Bill W about his life. It's meant to be really good. So I'm going to try and pick up a copy of that, but it's, it sounds like with this new secular thing that you yourself are quite involved in as well, aren't you? That's the way forward. Definitely for AA. I mean, I would probably, if I was to do it all again now and that prop, that element was not in it and it was secular, I would probably think twice about maybe giving it a go now. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, I honestly, I think it's a matter about how we communicate with people and the problem that, um, has been an AA with that, that may have actually turned you off a bit is that, um, it's the language that's used to communicate whether or not it's religious or not. There's a, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, a dog, there's, I guess dogmatic would be a good word. There's just a kind of a rigid type of, a insular type of a language. So people will use their AA lingo and it's just kind of, it, it can be a little creepy. And I think that, um, that's something that, that needs to be worked on is just to changing times and it? it's changing times. Yeah. We're in the 20, we're well into the 21st century and AA is using a book that was written in 1939 that they're still quoting from today at meetings <laughs> and asking people to read. So anyway, yeah, he's, I was also intrigued as well. What you were talking about that week about, um, emotional sobriety as well. That's my next Cool. There's a few little things upstairs that I need to get sorted out. Um, well, that, you had a video that you had on your website, um, and actually, I went on YouTube, and it was—I think it was a, it was a, a video that someone else might have posted, where it's talking about the difference between sobriety and recovery. So you you distinguish between sobriety and recovery. Yeah, yeah. That that's a while ago now. That video, blimey, God. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but it's yeah. Also, but I think it's a lot of people now. I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm taking it in the right context when they when you mean social surprise. I mean, as in so that you because a lot of people I know now they've they've quit the drinking. They're clean now, but a lot of them are slight not unstable. Um, it's because you're a bit in ba- everything's a little bit imbalanced, and there's there and I think that can cause that can cause all kinds of emotional problems. And a lot of people nowadays are taking all these SRIs and these all these pills to try and keep on top of them. Whereas um, I'm trying to look, I'm finding ways now where I can do this through supplements and supplementation. Um, and also good diet, massive, good diet, a really good diet. And um, an exercise to try and combat that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's the that's what I kind of, I'm trying to interpret it as a social, um, being um, emotionally sober. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, challenge. it's the hardest challenge I'm facing at the moment, definitely. Yeah. It's, 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 it is kind of an odd term. I, I guess I think of it more as just, um, uh, mental and emotional growth, uh, you know, um, being, being, um, mentally healthy as, as much as possible, I suppose. I'm trying to be open to the idea of, of, of growing as a person, as a human being, you know, um, not to be, um, um, run so much by my emotions and yeah. to, to have some presence of mind to understand where, why I'm reacting the way I am to life. Yeah. The thing is coming out when you come out of recovery, it's so easy to come out with it though. Having, as I say, being slightly not, I don't think damage is the right word, but it's easily because you, you can be a little bit, um, what's the right word without sounding terrible. You can leave you a little bit weakened, you know, and then you don't want to be then get off one drug then to be put on all these other drugs to try and combat that, you know? Um, yeah, that's a fascinating conversation as well. Yeah. Well, I know that there's um, there's a movement here in the states and in England as well, where more more people, younger people, are realizing that alcohol itself isn't so healthy, you know, and and there's there's more of a proper understanding of what they used to call alcoholism as as being more of a on a spectrum of you know you. You, you might be you, from bad to worse, I guess, you know, on a spectrum and not, and, and people fall on different levels of the spectrum, but the bottom line is to not drink is healthier almost for anybody on the spectrum. Um, I was reading, I read a book. Um, I think her name was Catherine. I think it's Graham, Catherine Graham or gray. Um, the unexpected that's joy. Gray. Of, yeah, gray. yeah. The unexpected joy of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great book. Yeah, it really is. And in that book, she talks a lot about, you know, she, a lot about how people today are connecting online. They're um, finding other resources to, to connect with people who, who um, also want to stop drinking and they're not so fixated on alcoholism so much as just understanding that, you know, not drinking seems to help me. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I kind of, I kind of like that approach. I really liked her book. Yeah, there's a great piece in the book. She says, I can't remember the exact quote, but she was saying that um, animals and baby kids, they can all tell when you're, when you're, um, when you're on it. They can tell. They, and it's so true. I'm, my little dog, he used to know where I was um, um, intoxicated. Definitely. Yeah, but that's, a, that's a really good book, that is. There's some great pointers in there as well for anyone in early recovery, which was good. Um, there's a few good books out there, actually. Craig Beck done a good book as well, Alcohol Lied to Me. That was really good. Um, and also on YouTube, there's some great people on YouTube, especially when I was first getting in recovery. Um, who was the one I said? Kevin O'Hara 
was really good. He, did, he was he, that was kind of when I started pulling myself out of the woods. Actually, was discovering some of them people on YouTube. Um, and Kevin O'Hara was really he's he's got some great points. And um, Annie Grace was another good one as well. Yeah, she was yeah. Great. I need to I need to read her book, and I need to get I need to learn more about her. She's actually mentioned in Catherine's book a lot. Um, oh, really? Yeah, she is. So I think it was anyway. So yeah, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good resources out there more than, than ever. And, and that, that I remember, you know, when I was, uh, when I was getting sober, it was 1988. There was no internet. There, oh, there, there was, you know, there was a library that you could go to <laughs> with, um, with uh, cards that you could sort through to figure out what books might be there. You know? So there just wasn't, there wasn't a lot out there, you know, to, a lot of, it was more difficult to connect with people, I guess then that's that's what is the game changer today is that look at this me and you talking you know this would not have happened in 1988 no no i that's what that's what scared me when i realized that for that part that that period in time a wasn't working for me because i literally that was all i knew that's as a, as a way out thankfully I, I the the grace of god to open my eyes a little bit more but you're right. I mean, back that back then, it must have been even worse. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. worse, but you're limited. You're so limited. Yeah, you were limited. You were limited oh. for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people online nowadays that are even do they're flogging their own their own courses now, which is quite interesting. Uh, whether they're good or not, I don't know. But oh yeah, I've met people just on social media who have you know started groups of of like-minded people who um, just have a desire to help each other not drink, and um, it works for them. Just very, very well. I, th I think that's kind of the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I agree. With so, you. have you have you met up with anybody that 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 uses sort of a support group? Um, not really. I'm quite. A, I'm a bit of a lone wolf, really. I always have been. Um, and I think obviously my addiction may made that more more pronounced. But um, not really. No, I've I've reached out to a few people. The thing is that some people, they seem to get to this point with not um, with their popularity, where they're kind of hard to reach. And um, and you just don't tend to get many emails back, really, from people like that. There's a lot of, I do like, I'm doing quite a bit on Instagram now, actually. When I first started all this, I had all the different accounts and and talk about spread yourself thin, blimey. So I just, I just picked one and concentrated on that, and that was Instagram. I'm on the Facebook. I don't really do them. And I've been connecting with a lot of people on there. A lot of people. See, um, I've never got into Instagram. I don't, I don't know why. I, I guess uh, I, I'm not, I, uh, I'm familiar. I use YouTube. I use Facebook. Um, I, I have a Twitter account, but I'm not really that crazy about Twitter. No, I can't get Twitter whatsoever. I've really <laughs> tried as well. Really tried. Yeah, I just couldn't. And then uh, people have suggested that um, I get more involved with Instagram or get involved with Instagram with AA Beyond Belief. But I just, I don't know, man. I just don't get it. I don't. Yeah, but you know what? Do you know what, John? I, I try and keep it simple with, um, with, with any kind of social media. I, I, Personally, I don't know how much I would use it. Maybe Instagram, or, um, not Instagram, YouTube, because YouTube is just brilliant. Um, but, I, I mean, really, I, a lot of the time, I think, because there's so many people on there trying to build these platforms, aren't they? And it's easy if you get sucked into it, and you're always getting added for this stuff. You know, why are you adding me? You've got, I'm, no, no, I'm no use to do <laughs> with you. Yeah. So I try and keep that minimal. And also, I've had it before on Instagram, where they then all of a sudden, I'm not they can just cut you, where you can't do nothing on your account for like two months. You can't find out why, what you've done wrong. So if you're using that as a vehicle to move forward, you're, you're in trouble. So I try and keep that 
our social media stuff as easy as possible and as, as just let it do its own kind of thing. But it's a great way of connecting with people, though. No, it is. And I, and I do the same thing. Um, I have for AA Beyond Belief, we have a Facebook page that, that where people can learn about our articles and our ep- podcast episodes. But we also have a private Facebook group. And sometimes I regret having started that because Facebook is a really strange place, you know, for people sometimes. Uh, it seems like people will say things to each other on Facebook that they might not actually say to each other in person, you know? It's Welcome kind of to the whole world on social media. The whole world is <laughs> like that. It's <laughs> It's that's weird. Why, that's why I, I'm really wary of Twitter because the amount of grief I used to see being dished out in that platform. <laughs> I know. I unbelievable. Know. I know. That's 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 freaky because people are hiding behind these things, you know, and they're 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 just they're they're being really really mean, and no one can do much about it, and it's no. shocking. No. So why was that there? What's that? It's the Wild West. Oh, it is. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah. what about the human glitch? What was the idea behind that? So, yeah. Um, well, I was, what happened with me? I was, um, I, as I said, when I got a little, I got lucky. I realized I found that by pure chance that any, anything I do cardio wise or getting the heart rate up killed my cravings. Cravings were my downfall. Um, I just kept giving into them constantly, which we all did. And then one day I found out that through cardio, you can kill a craving. Now, and that for me was the start of my my slow slow build up back, and um, and from there because then I was starting to kill my cravings. Um, I got a bit of time and distance to be able to think, um, and I just started writing. I wrote a book on um, my first book, which is not is discontinued now, was on um, idioms, so like strange saying. Yeah, I just wanted to learn learn the learn to my chop. I'm quite creative anyway to be a musician, so and I didn't want to play anymore, so I thought I'd write. Learning through that, and then I started doing this new thing called the human glitch, was just a day in my life of when it was crazy. And and it it, it just it, I just slowly worked on that. I you really I used that as part of my recovery as well, the writing, to just to not think about so like just to not not being just to think and just be creative and just get stuff out there on the page. And um, it's just snowball from there, really. That is, um, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's hard work though, writing really, really tough. But I won't be about. I try and do at least three hours a day. Wow, at least. that's tough. yeah, that's that but, is a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, it took me a while to get to that point. And for the first year or so, I'd have a moment where I'd be lost for months at a time. Then I'd come back to it and not really remember what I'd done. Then I have to go through it all again. Whereas I was like slowly clawing my way back up. Um, but the human glitch is, it's, it's out there now. It's free and it's been number one on Kindle and the Amazon charts a couple of times now. It don't, it, it don't get downloads. It don't get downloaded a lot. It just gets downloaded consistently and people seem to like it. So I'm just letting it run as an introduction to me and as a, you know, just got it out there. And that was then. And this is now, and now I'm, because I do everything in extremes, I'm 192,000 words into my second book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been insane. I thought I'd have the first draft done by April last year, and I'm, I'm literally not even finished. My, I'm finishing my first draft now. Yeah, but well, I think I think it's pretty, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I consider you an advocate, an advocate for recovery, for sobriety, and it's doing work like that that not only helps you, you know, I'm certainly, I'm sure it does help you. It keeps in your mind that your, your importance of staying sober, but it's also helping other people. And that's, that's how you're making these connections with people too. You know, I, I really think that that 
I think that that I, I've met people like that and I'm, I'm pretty impressed by it. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, I love it. I love the whole thing. And um, this new book, one, well, this is because because cravings is my thing. So, but when I think of, when I think of recovery now, I think in two ways. I think number one, you could you've got to get over the cravings because the thing is, I couldn't go and sit with a counsellor. I couldn't have even thought really. Even taking supplements would have been a bit tough in the in the first few weeks because it, I just wasn't around. And you need to time a distance to get to that point. And to get to that time of distance, you've got to have a break from it. And the only way of having a break from it is killing the cravings. For me, I just keep it simple, and that's what worked for. That's what seems to work for me. Once you've got that time of distance from killing the cravings, then you can concentrate on all. Say, if you have got mental health issues or you've got issues from the past, then go and get help and take it in because you can't take it in if you're doing that much, like taking that much chemical during the day. There's no way you back and sit in someone's office and take something in and learn. So this new book is but everything I learned about getting over cravings, every single tip, um, and I studied everything. Like I found out now, like chilies, like eating chilies and, and chili sauce is a craving killer. Yeah, anything like that, or if, if you're out and about and, and you're struggling, just just necking a little bottle of Coke just for the get your sugar levels back up. I didn't know none of this. And I was hitting in the, I was shooting in the dark half the time. All I had on my side was just the fact that I knew if I went for a run, I wouldn't go, the craving would go, and it always did. That saved life. So um, I'm putting that into words now, and and I talk about diet in there as well because there's so much with diet that can get can get things leveled out because it takes time. It won't happen overnight, but you can get things leveled out. And if if you eat away at them cravings, then you give yourself that time and distance to be able to breathe. Yeah, I think that's one area that has been um, neglected and and recovery no circles. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm shocked that I'm writing the book and no one else has done it. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, hardly anybody addresses uh, addresses um, uh, nutrition. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you know? What? Funny enough, there is one really good podcast um, that they I can't remember the name of them now. Um, the Evolution. It will come back to me. The Evolution podcast. They're really good. They have got, there's one episode on there um, earlier, number 17 that they, they number, number 17 show, sorry. And the whole show is dedicated to supplements and anything if you want to raise your cognition. And it, I mean, it's one of those shows where you sit and have a notepad and you're writing all this stuff down, like what was with that Dr. Ray Barker. Really good show. Um, and because there's, there's some great supplements out there now, and it's not all about body, because when I thought of supplements, I think bodybuilders, and it's nothing like that. Now, like, I'm, I didn't know about all glutamine for, like, because it can be processed, and for your blood sugar levels, it can keep it stable um, without spiking them, like we should. Like, I was saying to anyone drinking that Coke, that can spike your, um, your blood sugar levels, and that can send you on a big down again later on. L-glutamine keeps it level, so you don't get them highs and lows. I didn't know about that. Um, just an amino acid and there's all kinds of stuff on there and as I say supplements are a great way forward and back to the diet the diet is so important so important I mean normally in the early days I say to people that don't worry about that just eat because we don't eat right when no, no, we don't. No. no I forgot what it was like to taste food oh god I lived off of uh, popcorn and bars oh really <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I say that, but it was partly true. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, there, there, I didn't make a lot of money when I was drinking, so I would spend, um, sometimes I'd spend an entire paycheck. I'd blow it all on, on alcohol. Um, and then, so then you have to kind of, um, you know, 
getting food to eat was not was not always the priority and it was always difficult. Do you know what, John? I'm still amazed. I still look at my other half and I say to her, how the hell did I finance that? How did I finance this? Because I was doing this and I was doing a lot of other chemicals at night just to bring me back down because I was so, I was, I mean, it was terrible. How did I finance that? I, I've, I've come out of it and I'm, I'm looking back. I mean, I'm not really, I mean, I know people that are, are in thousands and thousands and thousands of that owing to just the cocaine. Thankfully, it wasn't really my thing, but... I still really, I mean, I remember cutting up a lot of credit cards in, in drunken moments because I didn't want to use them again. I still got them. I saved them all. But looking back now, I just think finances is, I, I don't know how I've done it. I remember having a few funny phone calls from the bank saying, like, what's happening with your money? But the beauty of recovery is that all of a sudden you've got money. You've got time and you've got money. Unbelievable. Right combination. Yeah, the time, that was one of the first things that I noticed is that I had time, more time, because so much time was spent drinking, getting over drinking, dealing with the problems of drinking. It was really a time-consuming deal. And then all of a sudden have the time. I didn't always know what to do with it, you know? And in the very beginning, I mean, the, my first instinct was, well, go to some bar. I mean, that's all I knew. That's all I knew. Um, but I, 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 that wasn't a good idea for me. And so, so I quickly learned not to do that, but yeah, that having the additional time now, it's amazing. do you know what though, John, funny you say that because it's amazing in recovery, in recovery circles, they say like, it's almost like a warning. You do realize you're going to have a lot of time. You've got to fill it in. I don't say that. I say that it's a, it's a blessing that you've got loads of time. You've got finances. You can do anything you want in this world and finance it. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You can find uh, something that you enjoy doing, something you're passionate about and, 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 you know, devote some time to that. It's yeah, it's great. Your family, you know, I've just found a website where I can get, I'm doing a course now on counseling and it's co- it's cost me 40 pounds. I mean, 40 pounds is nothing. And it's like they do it online and they send you the papers and stuff. And I mean, you can do any, I mean, and some of the other courses they've got in there is amazing. They've got everything from healing, finance. I mean, it's brilliant. And the time that you can use to rebuild yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are you, what are you looking at doing forward, uh, going forward with the, with the book and, um, your, and the, what you're taking right now in counseling, you're taking a counseling class for yourself to get into counseling. Uh, possibly. I'm not sure. Cause I've got, um, I've done it on Instagram a few weeks ago. I thought I just put it out there. I said, I'm going to take someone on. You ain't got to pay me just to come on board and I'll just tell you everything that I know when we'll, we'll talk through together. And I've kind of got two people that I'm doing that with now. And cause I'm learning on that and that, that kind of thing as well. I'm not, I don't know. I've got the answers. I'm just letting them know what I know. And so possibly go down that route. I mean, I mean, ideally, I want to, I want to get this book published by Barnes and Noble, and then become. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I've learned that from other books, so um, I'm going to put this book out there, and I'm just going to just see how it goes. I'm, I wouldn't mind getting it published um, professionally. Um, I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would like to do maybe. Maybe maybe do some courses in the future. I've got someone looking at that possibly, but then I'm not sure if I can offer that constant if you're doing courses say like a month long or two because a month really is a month long enough for a course probably not if you're in the state that i was in you need more than a month so now how do you work that and also you need a, I, you i personally think you need you'll need almost daily 
one-to-one interaction to begin with. It's no good having that once a week call because that won't cut it. If you're, if you're waking up and craving and you need constant attention. So I'm not sure that will work yet, but um, I'm going to send the book off to a couple of publishers and get them, maybe get some agents to look at it. But I tell you what, John, there's a long way to go yet though. A long way. A long way. I, I've got so much work to do on this book now. So I'm just going to batten down the hatches on it and then we'll just, we'll just see what happens with that. Yeah. Well, I think you're right about, you know, you have to find a way to uh, deal with those cravings before you can do anything else. That, that was really my experience. I, I guess you would call them cravings. I mean, uh, it was for the first, definitely for the first 30 days, all I could, all I wanted to do was to drink. And the, the, I think the, the reason I wanted to drink is because I had all these problems from my drinking that still hadn't played out yet. And I couldn't get them out of my brain. I couldn't stop worrying about, you know, how much am I going to go to jail? For how long am I going to be in jail? Uh, am I, you know, how am I going to find a place to live? Am I ever going to get a job? You know, crap like this. And the only way that I knew to shut my brain off was to drink, you know? And that was what was so difficult in the beginning. So for me at that time, I live in a, Kansas City is a fairly large city. And so there were a lot of AA meetings at the time I could go to. And, and that's what I did at that time. Uh, I didn't have a job or anything. So I spent my time doing that. But once I could get past that, that, that of wanting to drink all the time, then I could start, you know, going to therapy, sitting down with someone and talking and, and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it, to come up with ways to help people get through that, that difficult period of the cravings is very helpful. The noise is so loud. That's the problem. That noise is screaming in your ear. That's why. That's why. when you got that craving, that's why cardio is so good because it will literally, it literally crushes you. If you're going for a run and if you're with someone else and you can't speak to them because you're working on just holding your breath in, you ain't going to be craving because you ain't got time to think about it because they get totally smothered by it. Um, so as you, when you say in that first 30 days, when you, it's a constant theme and sooner or later, if you don't address that, it will break you down. So that's why, that's why the things that you have to do change is about changing states. Yeah. It's about you know, it actually lasted for me for quite a while too. Uh, uh, the, the closest I ever came to drinking was after two years of sobriety. I remember I heard this. I heard you saying about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was the closest I ever came. I was, um, uh, I, I was working uh, somewhere and I wasn't really making money. I had all kinds of problems. I was angry. I was upset. I, um, and for whatever reason, I think I was getting gas one day and I was at this gas station and behind the counter was a bottle of brandy and I couldn't get that bottle out of my head. And I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And the thought was growing and growing and growing. And then, and I wasn't telling anybody about it, but I just had this thought. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'm going to go to a liquor store. I'm going to get a bottle. And for whatever reason, I decided it was going to be apricot brandy because I had a bottle of apricot brandy with some friends when I was in high school. Anyway, so I was thinking apricot brandy and I'm going to get that bottle and I'm going to put it in my coat pocket and I'm going to keep it there in my closet, in my coat pocket, just so it would be there when I needed it. Ah. I know. Crazy. And so anyway, so I did, I, I went to the, I went to the liquor store to get that bottle of brandy. And I tell you, it was like, it's like in the movies where you just feel like everything, the, the walls are going to cave in on you and you're just, it's just it, you're just panicking. You know, I was in, I was in a panic and I was standing in that fucking place and I realized, man, I got to get out of here. Turn around and I ran and I, and I ran out of there, but that's the damn closest I ever came 
It was just, it was absolutely insane. It was an obsession. It was totally, I understand the, the obsession for yeah. alcohol. You're not there. You're not present. No, you're not. Yeah. It's totally, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's something else. But I, uh, yeah, I got through that. I was able to get through that, but that was after two years of sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. You never, ever know. You never know. My first relapse was after 181 days. And I, it was unbelievable. Looking back now, I could see, I get it now. I, it comes so slowly, the, the relapse. And I get it now. But at the time, I think you've got to go for a couple of them. You have to. I had to, to learn, to learn what the deal was. Um, and I was reading something the other day, interesting by some, I can't remember the gentleman's name is now, and he was saying about relapses, how quick they're actually over with. So you have all this filled out for all these months. And then like for you, the minute you left that store, within a matter of hours, you would have been free. And it would have been all cleansed. And he says it passes within hours of you just walking over that cliff. And it's so true. Just get to that point. Just see it through and it will just disappear within seconds. But also I found a lot of time my problem was the fact maybe what you was doing, you kind of um, romanticize. Romanticize about terrible times. Yeah. How does that work? I know. Um, I know. Unbelievable. I never remember the bad, but I remember the good. Yep. I wasn't, rem I wasn't thinking that about when I was thinking about that bottle of apricot brandy, I wasn't thinking about my last experience when they threw me in jail, <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, Oh, the great times when I was in high school with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's all, I mean, I, I remember times I couldn't take a phone call once cause I was great. I couldn't physically speak. And the other downside you've got the cravings is also that it's how tiring they are when they're gone. Even though sometimes the girls say like the craving passes and it's gone you're still left physically and mentally drained from it because you're yo-yoing, aren't you? You're between two sides. I should, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it doesn't stop. But yeah, but that must've, that must've been great getting over that though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And I, what I did, I, I, I called somebody, a friend of mine and we just talked about, I told him what I, about that. And we just talked about um, anything basically. And I think it was just getting out of that damn thing, telling somebody what was going on, really helped me really helped me out but yeah that was the closest i ever that's the closest i ever came but that's that's a good thing you're saying that as well i was going to say to you about a like i hear a lot of stuff about this AA online and people get a bit funny about aa don't they and they, there's a lot of aa bashing out there but aa's got two really good things going for it that people seem to forget and they're basic stuff you're saying there about the sponsor the sponsor thing on aa is is worth gold dust i mean even for craving we're talking about cravings now talking to someone is one of the best ways as well to get over it. But also another thing that everyone seems to, they don't really seem to talk about when they talk about A, is the fact that you're surrounded by these like-minded people and they're all looking for the same goal. And not only that, nine times out of 10, there's always one or two, probably like yourself, like veterans involved in every group. So you've also, you've got that figurehead that you can see that actually it's been done. But, um, yeah, but when you bring this up to these people, they get a little bit funny about that, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a group of people, and I, I find them online mostly, that are um, so anti-AA that I, I can't, I mean, I, I actually invited one on the podcast, but I, I don't think that, she would. That would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, she wasn't, wouldn't be interested in even speaking with me. Which is fine. And, and, you know, I can understand it to a certain extent. But the thing about AA, it, it would be like any organization could have these problems. But AA is kind of unique because every AA group is different. 
Yeah, big you time. Know, very different. And and even the meetings within that group can be different. Now, that's not to say that there isn't some overall art culture, you know, that has its problems too, but but it's really on a group by group basis. And it's hard to judge the whole thing by your one experience with one group, you know. Um, but the problems that I see in, in AA that, that people have issue with, and there, there, many of them are valid. It's, um, it's the, it's this idea of, uh, of having a rigid one way approach. And, um, sometimes, and as you said, the sponsorship thing can be good, but it can also be dangerous. You know, if you have someone who is trying to manipulate someone, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that. There's a nice. lot of issues. But you know, that could happen anywhere. That could happen in Life Ring. That could happen in Smart Recovery. That could happen in the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. I mean, it can happen anywhere. So, yeah, there's some advantages and disadvantages to it, um, for sure. But I think that I think that whether it's AA or anything, I think what helped me was just having some kind of a connection with someone else who also wanted to stop drinking. And it didn't matter if it was what we were doing, but just having a connection with someone like that. And that connection. How often do you get to meetings a week? How not so much to- anymore. You know, um, uh, during my, on average, I was probably doing three a week, you know, uh, after I'd been sober for quite a while. In my early days, I was going a lot, you know, probably on a daily basis, you know, when I was first. Yeah. But um, as of late, I've really kind of slowed down. I do so much work um, with the podcast and my website that it's hard to have time to, to go to meetings. So um, a lot of my recovery work is now done online more, more than um, going to meetings. But I started an AA group, a secular group here in Kansas City about a little over five years ago. And I do like checking in on that group because um, it, it up it it uplifts my it lifts my spirits. I see. I it's nice to go there and see people benefit from that who are making friends whose lives are getting better, who um, aren't um, worried about steps and God and 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 so forth. And just uh, it's just nice to see that it's making a difference in people's lives, and I enjoy that. But yeah, I don't probably get to very many anymore. And right now, because of the pandemic, I don't get to any face to face meetings. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to change a lot of lot of things this pandemic, isn't it? Work wise, face to face meetings, everything's going to change. It certainly will. It certainly will, and and hopefully for the better. Um, I, I I could definitely I can definitely see um, work changing. I mean, I'm doing all of my work from home, and and I, and I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. Um, AA, mm, uh, really any kind of uh, social support group, you know, is going to. You know, for a while, I, I don't, I, I, and this is just my opinion, but I don't see here in the United States anyway that um, things are going to get better anytime soon. And if people start meeting again in groups, it's just going to start, start it all over, you know? So I, I don't know. So yeah, we're getting used to meeting online. And does it, uh, does it do you reckon that will, um, would that would, that won't change much though, would it? If it's on, if you've got all these groups of people, will it keep? Will you still have the same effect? I mean, um, yeah, I think I think what will change, hopefully, for the better, as far as AA goes. First of all, AA has been slow to um, um, embrace technology. I mean, if you go to their websites, 
that that they've made some improvements now, but they they really suck and they're afraid. Get on top of this though, huh? Why don't someone get on top of it then? Well, they're they um. There's a lot of problems with it, but they 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 were afraid of technology. They were afraid of technology because they have this um the concept of anonymity, which I kind of have an issue with. And the whole idea of being anonymous was that you um, don't act as a spokesperson for AA and, and, and anyway, but um, so anyway, that, that, that has made it difficult for people to talk about AA openly on social media. Now it happens, but, um, and, and so AA has stayed away from social media. So anyway, so what's going to happen, I think now is that more AA members are going to get used to using technology, social media, um, to connect with each other. They're going to meet with people from other countries, states, provinces, where cities, um, who have different experiences. So it won't be so insular. Um, the, their idea, their minds might open up to new ideas and ways of doing things and communicating about recovery. So I think there could be some benefits that come from it in the long run. Yeah, I sure hope so. It needs a little shake up. It, it does. Like. It does. And it would do it the wonders as well. You've got the technology available to you. I mean, you've also got the name, the name AA is still, people know it, you yeah. know, yeah. That's, that's powerful in itself. In another way, though, too, it could also become irrelevant because it's like you don't really need, you don't really need some structure, um, some building in New York City and some book. You don't really need all of that when all you all you really need is people like me and you talking right now on Zoom. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I I think that that's you know that, that could also change things as well. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Right now, we're uh, like I say, I'm I'm just going to a few zoom meetings here and there, but I'm most, mostly active on, uh, on the podcast. It takes a lot of time. And your website that, that takes up a lot of, lot of work as well. Do you were like updating it all the time? That kind of thing. Yeah, it's huge. We, um, the articles that we post there are it's written. Nice websites. Nice. Oh, thank you. The articles are written by people within our secular community. Um, so I don't have to worry about actually doing a lot of the writing, but just getting them ready to be put on the website and to communicate with the people who are sending them to us. It's, it could, it could be a full time. A lot of people sending stuff in for that. Not a huge amount. It it comes, uh, like right now we have enough material to get us through the summer. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, we don't get like a huge amount, a huge number of submissions and sometimes that, that can be a challenge too, but I've got, we've got a few people that write for us on a regular basis too, which helps. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a good thing going on there, John. Well, I enjoy it. It sounds like you do too. And I, I and I look forward to following you and seeing how the book turns out. And yeah, I'd like to see you do more on YouTube too, because I I am a big fan of I'd YouTube. Love to. I'd <laughs> love to. I'd love to. It's just finding time, tell the truth, John. It really is. Um yeah, it's just because obviously where I'm working as well. I mean, that's why I'd like I'd like to go full time and do it. Then it'd be a different ball game then if I could do it full time. But um I don't have their means yet, but that will come one day. But I would love to. I love, yeah, I love YouTube. I, the whole YouTube thing is fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm a plumber, and if I don't think I don't know as a plumber, I go on YouTube because there's yeah. always a yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. But as it's, it's trying to get through in YouTube because there's so many people doing it now. Same with podcasts. I mean, same with podcasts. But YouTube's great. But that's why I like Instagram because you can do these little videos. 
Okay, I'll have to check out Instagram. I, I yeah, I've got a little bit of run videos. So you get 60 seconds and I'll just do quick. I'm going to do a few, a few coming up race here. I'll just do like 60 second tips to like eat protein every four hours when you first get into recovery, something like that. And, but and if you want to do anything longer, you can use the the, um, the, the the Instagram channel they've got for their own little TV channel. God, the name's gone now. So you've got both options on there, which is quite cool. Okay, I might check that out. I am kind of getting interested in the video part, part of this. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. It's so much easier also because I think if you write an email, I've sometimes got so much I want to say to someone, and by the time you typed it out, you get like a two-word reply, and you've got to do another whole email. But if you could just talk to face-to-face, you can just give the whole spiel, you know? Yes, yes. And I'm uh, bad about returning emails sometimes because that's all I do at work all day long, email, email, email. And so then when I... I turn I turn off the laptop for work, put on the laptop for my regular life, and more email. That's <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a trick to that though. I was listening to someone on Tim Ferry's show, and he just puts he sets aside half hour at the end of the day, and he he says you get not only do you get all your emails, but you get you do shorter, sharper responses instead of long winded answers because you've got a time limit to get them done in. And he and he, and he just says he just smashes it out like that. Once a day, every day, and he gets it all done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do need to improve on that. Well, it's been nice talking to you. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this very much. Thanks for having me on, John. Oh, yeah. So, um, again, uh, thehumanglitch.com is Gary's website and his book. He's still working on it. And when it is done, maybe you'll come (laughs) back on, Gary, and talk about it. I'd love to. Talk about the book. That'd be great. All right. So, that is another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support our site and podcast, there's a couple ways you can do that. We like to have just regular uh, contributors and even small amounts, even if it's a dollar a month. And you can do that at patreon.com slash aabeyondbelief by becoming a patron or just uh, donating through PayPal at paypal.me slash aabeyondbelief or just going to our website and clicking on the donate button. But don't worry about it. If you don't have any money, we're doing okay. But we do need money to make the podcast work so there you go thanks again gary it was great talking with you thanks so much and come back again no problem chase tom